0: Hi, this is Jock Pertle. I'm the CEO of Digital Exit, and you're listening to the App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast, straight from your
1: host, Paul, the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy Podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp. Uh, I'm thrilled today because uh, I have uh, someone who is an entrepreneur based in uh, France. And uh, he's founded several companies, actually. Uh, He's got a wonderful uh, career and uh, a portfolio of various things that he's done. Uh, 16 years in software design, uh, currently working and founding uh, uh, some something called Royal Cactus you can, can go and check those out at royalcactus.com uh, but also looking through his LinkedIn uh, the, the founder of uh, these companies ha- has actually worked for DreamWorks and has uh, held positions where he's been responsible for uh, the, uh, movies that you must have heard of Shrek and Shrek 2 and Madagascar and, and Shrek the 3rd so uh, let me introduce uh, Erwin Migret he, and uh, as I say he is going to help us uh, understand his journey and and the things that we can learn from the, the, the failures and successes that he's had along the way. So Erwin, uh, w- welcome to the AppGuy podcast.
0: Thank you. Hi. So, uh, so I'm Erwan. I, um, As you said, I founded a few companies, and basically my, my passion is in all that, is in uh, creating new business, is trying some new startups, surfing on new markets, and, uh, and the whole like, creation process uh, is, is the best part for me.
1: And why do you do what you do? What's driving you to create you know, so many startups?
0: It's, uh, it's the fact that everything is moving so fast on the technology side and uh, I am an engineer and I love like uh, new stuff. I, I love how we can try to embrace them, to create some, uh, to, to reply to some new needs which are changing all the time. And the, the challenge in that is the best part. So, so that's why I said what I really prefer in you know, all that is the initial is part. Of, uh, of creating a company from scratch with a new project, uh, you know, finding uh, founders and uh, money and and creating uh, something with a blank uh, piece of paper and making it into a product. So that's that's the most exciting part. And, uh, and actually, to do that, I was, uh, as you mentioned, working in a big company, but I decided to to move on and do my own stuff uh, because this creation part was uh, something that I needed to master myself. And uh, and I did that with a few different partners in a few different locations.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of people listening to this show now who are working for big companies. Uh, how important was it those years where you were uh, at the cutting edge of technology? Because, you know, when you think of those films that you were working on, Shrek, and, you know, they were, uh, I guess, leading the way with animation. Did that that really help you uh, understand all the, the technology behind what you were doing?
0: Well, actually, uh, it's kind of different because when you work on a big company, you work on small pieces of uh, technology and projects uh, because, for example, on track, we were like 400 people on one show and uh, and everybody was working on a very specific need. And uh, and that's actually a very safe position because you work on great projects, you, you're getting paid pretty well and uh, with great people, so it's it's very good, I would say, to start up your career, to know how things work, but but then you need to go beyond that because there are so many things you want to try out, uh, you want to experience, and uh, it's not really possible in a big company because they cannot really take the risks of uh, trying things out here and there and failing because uh, failure is not an option for them. They're already grounded and the the only way is to just move forward. So it's actually to try some new stuff and to to experience some possible fears you have to create things on your own and you have to take risks and uh, And This is why actually I wanted to move to something different after this great experience of seven years in a big company
1: yeah, we have a shared experience because I was also in a big company and I had to uh, face my fears and uh, hand in my notice and resign to uh, Go out on my own. I, I know that's one of the biggest uh, challenges and obstacles that uh, anyone faces who wants to become an app entrepreneur or worker in a startup uh, How did you overcome that big fear factor of, of leaving? You know a stable position that was paying well to, to actually go out and create on your own
0: Well, if anything that you don't really uh, you don't really see it coming you don't see the risk before you experience it for real So so basically, you you feel like you want to do your own stuff, so you leave, you have some money on the side because you need to sustain some time, and uh, and then you just take a dive and deep breath, and and you go for it. And then you realize how hard it is and how exciting that is. So so the whole risk factor is something that you you really cannot overcome uh, before you get into it. It's, It's amazing how hard it is and how exciting that is at the same time. But, uh, but nobody's prepared for it before to actually try it out.
1: Yeah, and Erwin, I was going to ask about the Android side, what you're doing now, because this is a show uh, helping app entrepreneurs, and I know that you've, you've got a good uh, portfolio of Android games. What, what are you actually doing uh, for uh, an- Android games uh, on the Royal Cactus?
0: So actually what we do is that we, uh, we build games on the Facebook uh, platform first, uh, using flash and, uh, and that's why we do all the design and animation and test the game because it's very quick to uh, quick turnaround to test it out and once those games are working fine uh, on the big audience on Facebook then we actually port them to Android and, and iOS and uh, so the whole porting aspect because the technology of uh, mobile is is not as easy as the technology uh, that is existing today on desktops. Uh, so it takes a lot of time to port it out. So so my job is really to make sure that we use those uh, great designs and we port it to uh, all the possible Android devices with you know all the ratios they have and all the constraints they have, and uh, and make it work pretty much the same way as it works on a, on a desktop.
1: So this is a really interesting strategy then. What you're saying is that you first of all start with Facebook and you can get a big audience fairly quickly. You can test, change things in the game, change designs, uh work out the you know the m- the best uh screenshots to present and then you you port those over to uh, Android and I- iOS and and I guess is that where you monetize the uh the games.
0: Actually, monetization happens on both sides but uh, the, because we we have a lot of experience on monetization on the Facebook platform itself uh, but on on, uh, on mobile it's taking more time basically to get there uh, because of user acquisition costs and uh, and the complexity of managing all the different vendors uh, so we're actually playing on both sides for revenue models, but we have to move to mobile anyways because that's a new trend since two, three years ago. So, so it's more like a need we have to get there, instead of just trying to really extend expand the revenue model. Uh, because today we have to say we are doing very good on Facebook, just because acquisition costs are so low. And when you have a big enough audience like we do, we have like more than 30 million registered users. Uh, basically, we can do our own marketing for free uh, to expand our user base and uh, bringing new games to this uh, to this mass. Where reaching 30 million downloads on on mobile is much harder. Uh, So so it's an interesting mix and it's a very good complement to to work on both sides. So you get best of both worlds basically.
1: So I just want to check that number. That is a phenomenally large number. Did you say 30 or 13? Thirty-three zero. Wow! Congratulations, and yeah, Thanks. that yeah. Uh, clearly then that you know once you have the, that many registered users, uh, that I guess it is a lot easier to monetize the games. You know, from uh, how, how do you do it through uh, purchases uh, or uh, do, do you actually use uh, advertising? It's a mix of it.
0: Uh, it's uh, it, it's your model, uh, just like a even model uh, on mobile. Uh, in that sense that uh, it's a lot of ads because most of the players, you know, they want to play, but they don't want to pay. Uh, but some of them are ready to pay sometimes to get some options, to, to unlock some levels and stuff like that. So it's very big social games. It's free for everyone. And, uh, and either you pay because you need to or you want to or you don't pay and you get some ads so that we manage to make some revenue out of it. So, uh, so it's very much the same as on mobile uh, to that extent. And, uh, but the revenue is, is a good mix of both, I would say. It depends on on the games, sometimes it's more ads, sometimes it's more in-app purchases, but it's really a mix of it. You have to play on both sides.
1: So we're here to help some uh, app entrepreneurs out, and uh, I would love to know uh, any strategies that you've learned to help grow your audience, uh, particularly on Facebook. Uh, You actually, you you mentioned user acquisition uh, costs are are fairly low, Uh, are you running the Facebook ads to acquire users? Uh, How are you actually going about getting those users?
0: Well, uh, it was an interesting game to play, but it was uh, really a matter of timing to some extent. I would say uh, we managed to have the chance, because you need a little bit of chance to succeed, as you know, uh, to have the chance to start the mobile games, uh, to start the Facebook games, uh, when it was the beginning of Facebook games era. So basically, we were kind of the the first people around at that time, and uh, we managed to get a lot of uh, users very quickly because we had good relations with Facebook. And, um, and then we deployed many, many games, uh, so we had a very strong uh, strategy in terms of development uh, to deploy many games uh, quickly and to adapt them. So it's really a technology solution uh, at first. And then we did some uh, classic uh, Facebook advertisement initially to get there. And then we really played um, the whole social aspect on, you know, how you invite friends or you do stuff like that to really grow our user base and to own it. So we do store all our users ourselves. We keep them, and then we manage them ourselves. So then we can actually retarget our users. We we define our own like uh, user targeting ad strategy to some extent, and we really experience that big time with Facebook, but also because uh, the main founder François Paco is a very uh, very strong um, network engineer. And he he worked a lot on the fact uh, that we store all those databases ourselves and we re-optimize them ourselves. So we have a very strong uh, user tracking uh, management system. So it all ends up being a technology solution in the end. And uh, because of that, we don't depend on any vendors uh, to do our own user acquisition on Facebook. And that gives us huge leverage because then we don't really have to pay except for pure ads. We don't have to pay for any tracking or optimization system. And that's really a, a big advantage for us and for our company, which makes it so that on Facebook, we are very, very free to, to go much deeper with zero marketing budget actually today. We don't actually spend any money on, on ads uh, to really promote our games on this side. Uh, now we only do that on mobile, uh, where, as I said, the user acquisition aspect is much more complex because of the diversity of the system. Uh, So so to some extent, I would say that it's a mix of uh, chance, timing, and very good technology that managed to put us on the map. Uh, But it's very hard to get where we are today, uh, knowing that we have terabytes of data that we we deal with on a daily basis. So, We're talking very, very big data. And uh, it takes time to get there. It took us three, four years to really uh, get to the level where we are now. On
1: the digital site. yeah. What I'm learning from you is that uh, once you have uh, like a user base, uh, then it's a real advantage because you can cross promote uh, on on that existing user base and take it with you uh, to all the new uh, games that you come out and the things that you do, uh, and so that you're not paying over the odds for ad networks and for for advertising because you're bringing those users along with you. Do you actually, yeah. yeah? So that's that's a wonderful uh, golden nugget you know, of advice that you've given for, for us uh, that are aspiring to, to emulate that. And uh, do you actually promote the uh, mobile games on Facebook then?
0: Sometimes we do, yeah. Sometimes people come to us because uh, basically our user base uh, has a lot of value. So that's good for the valuation of a company. That's good for sometimes using that for like... A, co-servicing with other companies, it's not our core business at all, but sometimes on some specific deals, that's something we consider. Uh, just because it's good to get some additional revenues and to diversify on our model. But our main target is not this one. Is really to make sure that we, we master those because we monetize more on leveraging uh, on from them on our new games because we are a game editor first uh, than to really uh, move to another market, which, as I said, sometimes we do consider on a case-by-case basis.
1: Yeah, yeah, so I'm, again, I'm learning from you that uh, you can take those users with you and how do you actually do it then? So if, imagine like I'm playing one of your games, I'm on Facebook, you've got a new uh, iOS app or, and an Android app uh, game that has come out. Uh, would you uh, do some kind of uh, banner ad or uh, how would you actually then try to get the existing users to, to try out that new uh, mobile game?
0: Well, we just cross-promote them in our games, uh, bringing direct links to, uh, to the App Store downloads or direct links to the other games on Facebook, and, uh, and that's about it. Yeah, it's just any, cross-promotion.
1: Right, and, any, uh, any videos? Or? Of 1
0: million. No, no, no videos. No, videos is a little complex because, as I said, then we're, we're getting into a different business when you do that. Uh, so cross-promotion is something simple for us. We just uh, add some links at the beginning and the end where, where the timing is good for the user. And we can blast that to 1 million daily average users. And, uh, and very quickly, we can get some interesting numbers uh, without too much effort and without really getting into something a little trickier in terms of ad management. So it's not really ad, it's just cross-promotion link uh, to bring some additional experience to the users.
1: This is wonderful. I'll tell you the reason why is that I get a lot of game developers who uh, are only focusing on the mobile side and... Uh, one one thing I've learned from two hundred and sixty five odd episodes is the importance of maybe conv- combining forces with uh, a joint venture partner who already has an established audience. So I'm guessing that you know you you are one of uh, many uh, game developers who have got a very established user base and. I can imagine that games developers come to you and say, hey, you know, do you want this game? I'm happy to give you a, a lot of the profit if you can just cross-promote it. Uh, can I come into your, uh, you know, your uh, uh, com- company in a way and work out a joint venture? Do you get these offers quite a lot?
0: Not that much uh, because, as I said, also it's not a core business. So we don't really push for that and we don't necessarily advertise it. It's most likely some of our partners' companies sometimes come to us, and as I say, it's is busy, but it's, it's not a record business. But as you said, and that's a very interesting part, is that today, everything is about you know like getting your LTV bigger than your CPI on the mobile. And uh, and that's what everybody is asking about. You know, It's like, how do you make it so that you have uh, a good enough retention on your game, so that basically the acquisition cost is gonna get uh, lower than, than the final revenue you're gonna make for each user? And that's a very, very complex equation to deal with. But uh, today, if you don't have any user base, which is not the case, basically that's the only thing that you're looking after. And that's what everybody is doing on the mobile games today. And I have to say that this equation, uh, only uh, very, very few uh, mobile companies uh, with lots of money to inject initially into games can actually uh, get to that level. It's very hard to achieve. Uh, so lots of the small, uh, game editors are trying to get to that equation. And, uh, I've seen that, uh, happen not that often. So we, we took the opposite approach because, as you said, we diversify in the way we acquire users and we build our database and we grow from it. But the truth is that it takes years to really have a big enough database to really leverage from it in a way that it's very profitable. And, uh, and that cannot be achieved, uh, you know, in short span, uh, amount of time. Uh, or even with big marketing budget, it's very, very hard to get there. So, uh, so it's totally a different approach. But it's one of the reasons why today we have uh, we are profitable. We don't depend on anyone. Uh, we don't uh, we don't have to grow big because the team is still very small. We managed to keep it 20, 12 people. Uh, even so we have like three different locations in the world where we actually work. And, uh, and that's good enough for us to sustain all those like 10 games we are running on mobile and, uh, and, uh, and Facebook, uh, because there are many, many more coming now. But we can achieve that because, as I said, we have no central dependencies. We have no marketing cost, uh, stress, I would say. And we can keep going on our own without having to raise big money quick. Uh, we can do that if we want to extend and to go bigger, but we can already reach like the number one or number two. Uh, uh, facebook little games in france uh, with have that level and with only 12 people in the company and that's because we don't have any external dependencies and high marketing costs for user acquisition that's that's really what makes the difference between us and most of the other people around
1: that is wonderful and you are a very enviable position there that uh, and one of the reasons why we become entrepreneurs is the freedom of not having to uh, uh, be commit, committed to other, you know, partners. Uh, there's two things I need to ask you before we say goodbye then. Uh, one is that we love to try and figure out new ideas on this show. We do have developers and app entrepreneurs who are looking for the next big idea. And I wondered, you know, you are on the cutting edge of technology. Uh, one, do, have you thought about any of the new platforms coming out at, and games to target those? I mean, the new platforms being, uh, the likes of the uh, maybe the Apple Watch or the, um, the Oculus Rift, for example. Uh, have you got any insight into where games are going?
0: So yeah, it's very interesting debate. <laughs> we can talk about it for hours. Uh, I think there are when you are an entrepreneur, basically you have two different uh, separate goals. Uh, one is to create something new in which you need to have a vision about the future. And the other one is to look at what actually works for sure and basically that kind of gives you some guarantees for the short term and make sure you can keep going. And that's two different things. So when we talk about the Curious or Apple Watch or whatever, uh, these are all very interesting technologies that we're looking at very closely, uh, but at the same time we know that it's going to take time for them to really get to a level where uh, the market is going to be safe enough to dive uh, without taking too much risks. we want to make sure that we do the, the good short-term and in-term things that keep the company going, keep the business going, because that's what you have to do to survive. And if you don't survive, you end up going back to a big company with a nicely paid job. Uh, so we have to do that and look at those new technologies. In terms of new text, I have to say uh, that what we've seen is that everything has to be, to some extent, uh, totally remote, totally server-based, totally uh, shared social, whatever. Apart from that, if the device is an Oculus or a small Apple watch or a a tablet, a phone or whatever, actually we handle it all the same way on our side. Because the final device and the way people are using it, for us is a detail. The only thing that matters is having fun, uh, getting quick turnaround on games, and making sure people are connected to other things which they use in their surrounding. Whatever, if it's a camera, friends, or whatever. For us, the, the problem is the same, and if you do it that way, it do not really depend on a specific piece of technology itself, because that's extremely risky to do that. And if you do that, I would really recommend raising a lot of money to really try something which has a high chance of failure, but if it works, it can do very, very big money. But that's a different type of startup approach. That, uh, there is a very risky one with very high outcome, uh, and, uh, and the one that we're taking uh, right now. It's more like super safe, but keep growing uh, in a way that uh, at some point we can go to the next stage. And that means not taking too much risk and too much bets on the future because it's so unpredictable. Uh, that even so we look at it very closely, we only do that as side projects. And that's, that's really a more of the choice on the type of startups and the way you want it to grow uh that
1: uh, that's what i'm taking right now yeah the, the other thing i'm learning then from you is a very good idea to get a stable uh flow of income from the the things that you're you're doing the games that you're developing for the the big platforms and and then treat these things as side projects uh, so that you can just test them out and it is a little bit disappointing isn't it with uh, oculus rift i thought with facebook's acquisition they would have done a lot more of bringing that out to the mainstream.
0: Well, it's, it's, but that's very unpredictable, you know, that, that there was Google Glass, which didn't do anything. And, uh, and we did consider those type of technologies, but only if we had some good partnership with Google or Facebook or Microsoft, because they actually would finance that out, because they need you to get some projects there, and if, then it becomes a servicing thing. If you get a good deal with uh, well, it's a Microsoft that's going to pay you something so that you get into that cloud solution, uh, then we could consider it because then we are making the effort to getting into the solution which is new and as kind of first clients basically we get a special deal and it's good for everyone. It's good for marketing on the side, it's good for bringing the technology up on the other side and it's good for us to take in the risks. But if it's just us taking the risk without the big companies helping us, uh, it's, it doesn't make any sense because we don't control where they're going and if there is no servicing associated with that, uh, then as I said, you need to get it financed big time from, from outside VCs that can actually handle that. And then it's more a matter of what are VCs looking for in terms of financing and taking big risks. Because when you're an entrepreneur, you can take risks at the levels of which you can sustain. And if it's risk which involves like millions of dollars of investments, it's not a personal thing you can take. So it's got to be a VC-backed risk. And then it's a totally different picture.
1: Yeah, great advice. So the last thing then is this is a show about apps. We love talking about apps. I'm hoping that you have a, a smartphone nearby and you could give us one or two apps that you use in your uh, day-to-day business or personal life.
0: Oh, sorry, I missed that.
1: What you say? Yeah, I was wondering this is a show about apps and I uh, wondered if you had an app recommendation for us. So the so, so apps
0: with our phones are obviously lots of games and lots of things to make sure we can work uh, cloud-based. So whatever can access uh, your cloud data. I'm only looking at the, the next stage of what's going to become uh, like the next uh, cloud-sharing solution after uh, Google Drive and what uh, Apple is doing with the Apple Cloud stuff, which is not there yet. So I'm, I'm mostly on this one looking for the one in on the future. And in the meantime, I'm using like uh, documents, which is uh, which is the only way I found, for example, to access the iCloud uh, type of data, which is not very good shared enough. So I'm looking for the next stage of cloud stuff, uh, which is not highly dependent on just, like I would say, Box or Dropbox, but something even more general that can really let you access all your things virtually from any device. And that still is to be defined.
1: Yeah, I agree. I use Google Drive quite a lot. I use Dropbox. But uh, as for sharing across devices and it's just still not there and so even just there's a simple
0: thing there
1: yeah just a simple thing of of actually sharing uh, an uh, an audio file and uh, getting the user to play it back you know if they're on one phone it works if they're on another phone it doesn't work it's just uh, unfortunately uh, uh just yeah there's no good solution because everybody's trying to promote a specific technology and here we
0: are at a, at a stage where you want to kind of liberate on everything at the same time So the point is that it's not everybody's uh, interest to let you do whatever you want. Uh, It's kind of like a social network. We want to have a social network that can do it all. But then we use Facebook for one, LinkedIn for another, Twitter for another. And uh, and in our games, uh, we use Facebook Connect a lot, which means that all our users depend on Facebook for connection. Uh, What happens when Facebook Connect is not the main thing for games anymore? Uh, well, that's an issue for us, so more and more you end up like using your own solutions to kind of simulate those type of things, that you don't depend on those things because their yeah, goal is not your goal. And unless they acquire you at some point, uh, it's better to stay independent. So, I think using those piece of technology, basically, we are kind of middleware solutions to not depend on a final uh, third-party vendor or partner.
1: Yeah. And uh, what I, I think the biggest takeaway as well is the fact that you said that you own uh, your users. And uh, I know that, you know, Facebook, uh, when they IPO, they, they uh, did encourage us to uh, get a following on Facebook. And then they took that ability away from us, uh, because we now need to advertise to get in front of our own audience. And uh uh, and that's just one example of uh, how you're right. There's two conflicting goals, one by the platform and, and, uh, and the other by us, and, and then not always in our best interest. Well, this has been a great chat. What a great chat. Very inspirational. All the notes to the things that we're discussing will be at the appguy.co episode 265. Just go and check it out. Uh, if you've missed anything, you want to go and uh, get a link to it. Uh, how's the best way of getting in touch and uh, reaching out to you, Erwin?
0: Uh, LinkedIn or email But but the best is to connect on LinkedIn Because for me that's the best way to get everybody Connected on a professional level And I would most likely accept any connection Anyway
1: Okay, so I'll put a link to your LinkedIn profile uh, So if you go to theappguy.co And you'll see that there Thank you very much for joining us uh, From uh, one of my favorite countries And uh, all the best for (laughs) the, the next 30 million
0: I appreciate that, thanks Paul